0: Another real-world road test from RadioLemon.com. Check out more at RadioLemon.com. American icons. Well, let's think about it. The Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco, Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, New York. A few of them come easily to mind. The Grand Canyon, of course, all great landmarks and icons of the American dream. Well, Bowling Green, Kentucky can stake its place among all of those because for the last many years they have been instrumental in building one of the great American icons the GM Chevy Corvette and what we have in front of us is the 2011 Z16 or Z16 as the Americans would say this is the grand sport version of America's sports car now, we've had this car for just over a week, and I have had experience of Corvettes in the past, although not as new as this one, certainly not on the roads. Back in the uh, UK, I've got family who are mad Corvette fans and have owned earlier models of the car, and I've got to say that, whisper this, I found some of the early models rather agricultural. Well, nothing could be further from the truth with this car, it's been completely re-engineered without however losing what is quite obviously the DNA of the classic car the classic cam tail short cut off tail at the back this is the coupe version with a hatchback that's got a really useful amount of luggage space under the big rear window the top Comes out, it's a Target top and that stores in the back as well. Now, obviously, you lose a bit of the luggage space, but we could still get our cases underneath it. The shape of the car well, if you look at a mid 70s car and then look at this one, there's no doubting the DNA, the shark gills just behind the front wheels, the slightly flared rear arches, and the hips, if you like, at the back, the Coke bottle styling. Round the front things have changed a little bit though from the early vets that I remember from my youth and there's more than a hint of Ferrari 430 about those headlamp clusters with the uh, two xenon units and the big indicator flasher on the outside. The snout though, again, just breathes purposeful muscle car. The long bonnet and the air intakes and these enormous 19 inch chrome rims that are uh, an option uh, on these cars. 19 inch on the back 18 inch on the front Uh, just for those of you who want to know 275 uh, 35s on the front and i think it was what did we say it was 335s at the back 335 30s at the back on these cars a genuine 200 mile an hour tire now it's a two-seater car I am not in the first flush of youth, and therefore I expected that getting in and out of it was going to be a problem. The proximity key means I can pop the door open. There's no door handles, it's behind uh, a little flap, and you just uh, get in. And it's amazingly easy to get into and settle yourself into. Now, this car has been loaded with almost every conceivable extra all the boxes have been ticked we've got two-tone heritage leather in here we've got the sports seats we've got the satellite navigation we've got the bose stereo uh, we have the 4lt option pack itself uh, almost eight thousand dollars worth of extras and what we also have here quite surprisingly you might think for an american car is a six-speed manual gearbox with a huge transmission tunnel, a little bit of uh, carbon fibre dressing over the top of the transmission tunnel and into the centre console. I actually really like the interior. Uh, It's purposeful. Everything is where you'd expect it to be. For me, the only letdown is what's behind this fantastically tactile steering wheel. Not too many uh, switches and buttons on there, just some stereo controls and the telephone controls for the Bluetooth on here. But the stalks are right out of any GM rental car that you've ever picked up at an American airport. Now... There's a certain comfort about that in that I jumped into this car and immediately felt at home because I knew what everything did and I knew where the cruise control was. But if you're going to buy a car with a list price of $60,000 and then spec it up to over $70,000, there's just not enough, quite for me, not enough sense of occasion in those stalks. That said, they work well. They've got a nice solid feel to them. And in the context of the dashboard, which is double stitched leather uh, with some switches around the side for the uh, various controls of the information systems, then it it does kind of work. And maybe I'm being a tad, being a tad harsh uh, on that. One of the options on this car is head-up display, and I was very sceptical about that when I saw it on the options list when we picked the car up. However, I'm a convert. I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, if I could, I'd like to have it slightly further up in my eyeline so that it appeared to be slightly far, farther away in front of the car. It hovers probably what appears to be three or four feet in front of the car, and I'd like it'd be a bit further away, just so that it's uh, more where I'm looking, I tend to look quite a long way when i'm driving a car particularly like this but the view from the front with or without the head-up display the view from the driver's seat is outstanding there's a big hunk of two wings in front of you and the curvature of the bonnet with the power bulge in it this is a bright red corvette there's nothing subtle about this car at all with the big 18 and 19 inch chrome rims on it it makes a statement from the moment that you sit down in it and there is, there's I said there wasn't a sense of occasion, but there's certainly a sense of purpose in this car, and it's quite easy to see why people wax lyrical about this because, in terms of American cars, this is a proper proper sports car. Certainly sitting here in this the two seats in the front, you, you get the feeling that, mm, yes, this, this feels like it, it it might be quite fun. Now, I've said I haven't driven very many Corvettes on the road. I haven't, but I have driven them on the track, uh, including some very special models with the American Le Mans series and their V test programme. And I've always been impressed with the drivetrain and the handling, and particularly, of course, the big... Large capacity engines now this is not the biggest capacity engine i 've driven it 's six point three liters, but Eve reminded me the other day that we had a Bentley with six point seven five six and three quarters uh, and certainly it's not the most powerful engine because it's just over uh, 430 horsepower. Uh, Things like the Audi RS6 that we've driven in the past with 580 brake horsepower and even uh, that Bentley with uh, six and three quarter litres probably had a little more horsepower than this. But what that means is that the engine isn't stressed at all and we'll talk about the driving experience in a little while. But you see, that is just great. A lot of dinging going on, because we're not belted up in the car at the moment. But pressing the engine fire button is just wonderful. And this car has the uh, option of uh, a different exhaust system, which A, sounds better, and B, releases some extra horsepower. Uh, And it's just a marvellous thing. Proper handbrake. None of your... Electronic stuff, six speed gearbox that does have synchromesh on reverse. So, for those of us who forget to stop the car before we click it into reverse at up to about five or six miles an hour, you're not going to do too much damage. Very nicely weighted power steering, even in the car park, it is uh, speed sensitive. Now, resist, resist, resist the temptation to do a big burnout out of the car park because what I want to do is something else entirely. I'm now sitting in first gear at five miles an hour. I've dipped the clutch and put it into second. I have no throttle on this car and we are going uphill. Nick Damon is sitting alongside me to... Prove that I'm telling the truth. The car set in, settled into an idle at 600, uh, 600 revs per minute. We're still going up a very steep hill in second gear, and the car is pretty much pulling itself along. And I'll tell you now, because I've done this: if it was a flat road, you could go up through the gearbox with no throttle on whatsoever, and the idle control on the engine would pull you on. It's almost like an anti-stall system. 15 miles an hour in 4th gear, I'm just going to have to uh, go down to 3rd for a moment. And what I'm trying to prove here is that this car, and I'm just pushing along in 7 miles an hour in 3rd gear, what I'm trying to prove here and trying to illustrate is the car is an absolute sweetheart. It might be 200 miles an hour capable, but I'm now up at 20 miles an hour into sixth gear at 500 revs and the car is just trickling along at 30 miles an hour i've no throttle on it's basically driving itself and i find that quite a remarkable piece of engineering and speaking to one or two race engineers over the weekend about uh, down at petit Le Mans, about just how much technology is in road cars when they saw what we were driving they all pointed at this car and said ah yes the idle control the electronics the fuel injection and we've just gone there from 25 26 miles an hour to 35 miles an hour and i'm in sixth gear and it's not a problem it's not a problem at all and whilst it would be easy to just floor the throttle and go pop 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 nick damon who's sitting alongside me how impressive is that uh, quite remarkable. in mean, the way it was pulling, up, pulling uphill without any throttle. It's a very... The modern engines are very clever, and certainly, you know, they've got a huge amount of torque to play with, and they've, they've tuned the car to be as flexible as possible. I suppose, in a way, perhaps... Do you think it's an introduction to manual gearboxes for most Americans? Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe, it's a, it's a fair point. It's a very light clutch. It's a great uh, driving position, and as soon as I put any steering input into the car... Uh, You can immediately feel it through your backside. It's a very sporty ride. Now, we're trickling along roads at the moment where we can't go very much quicker than 30 miles an hour, but when we come back, we'll open the windows and let you hear the full excitement of 6.3 and 440-ish horsepower in the 2011 Chevrolet Corvette. Grand Sports. RadioLamont.com. Real World Road Tests. So here we are then out on the road in the Corvette. You've got to say that, if nothing else, that noise is completely and utterly intoxicating. 6.3 litres. Something like 440 horsepower and, of course, lots and lots of torque. It would be easy, though, to dismiss this car as just all about the engine, as, as I say, as intoxicating as that particular noise is. The package is actually way better than that, from the very torquey and... Easy going nature of that engine that we demonstrated earlier on to the vice like grip that the tyres seem to have on the tarmac. Can you slide the car around? Well, of course, if you rotate the car around, you're going to do some serious damage to the rubber, and with the amount of torque and power on tap think it's fairly sensible to appreciate that that you can get yourself into a lot of trouble with this but General Motors have gone to I think just about the right amount of lengths to keep it under control there's various stages on the traction control that uh, effectively range from with let it take over from you and I'll say straight away at this point that even on that setting you can still have some very exciting and spirited driving At the other end there's what's called a sport or track day setting which pretty much takes everything off and leaves you to your own devices and to however you feel that your right foot and your rear end on these very supportive sports seats can actually cope with all of that torque and power. Now, there is going to be a payoff, obviously, in terms of economy, but here's where the biggest shock, perhaps, of the Corvette lies. Cruising along on an American freeway, at a relatively steady 70 miles an hour and the numbers are going to be somewhere around 30 miles to the gallon yes, 30, 30 miles to the gallon sounds like, they, I'm telling you fibs there doesn't it, but I promise you it's true and in what can only be described as mixed driving over the last week or so that we've had the Grand Sport in our charge we've averaged over 23 miles to the gallon now bear in mind that everybody who sees it wants to have a go of it, everybody who sits in it wants to start the engine and rev it up and anybody who gets into it inevitably even if all they do is go into first and second and then do this until they frighten themselves and lift back off again. That's obviously going to mean that the fuel consumption is going to suffer. So, America's sports car, is it a real sports car? Well, do you know, I think I've got to say yes, on a number of levels. The car itself, as a Grand Tourer, is very, very capable indeed, with that luggage space behind me, accessed by a hatch which has an electronic lock so that you can't, uh, or you don't have to slam it too hard shut, then it's taken all of our luggage and bits and pieces that we've needed, ferried people to the airport. Sitting in top gear and cruising along at 80 miles an hour at under 2,000 revs a minute, then it's a very, very capable cruiser. However it is a car that when you want to get a little bit more serious about your driving doesn't take too long for you to get into some very serious license shredding numbers. The acceleration figures on this car are outstanding and I'm not going to argue with them but Let's be honest, it's not all about that. It's about whether you can live with these cars in the real world. And here is the biggest shock for many of our European listeners. The Chevrolet Corvette is a near 200-mile-an-hour sports car that you could drive to work every day, that you could go and do the supermarket shopping in. Now, is it perfect? No, no, it's not. But at the bottom end of its price range, particularly of its price in the United States, of uh, even in this grand sport, rather uh, nice spec, uh, convert that to English money and you're talking about somewhere just north of £35,000. I honestly don't think that there's very many things on the road that will touch it in terms of smiles per pound or dollar it does have its small faults the satellite navigation is a little bit basic nowadays and you do notice the slightly clunky nature of the interface in its defence there's not a whole load of buttons on it and you can sort of get used to it very quickly the rest of the Switch gear does seem to have been borrowed from things that are a little further down the General Motors range. But you can forgive the car for that, just for the way that it performs. And certainly from the way it drives, the Bose sound system is absolutely superb. But I'm not sure that you really need all of that sound when you've got those burbling four exhausts exiting underneath the rear bumper that whenever you want to, you can just give it a quick pop and come up with something that sounds like this. And the change-up is wonderful, that sort of overrun. It's called America's Sports Car for a reason. There's something very happy about a Corvette... It's, it's almost America's answer to Aston Martin isn't it and and the reason I say that is not because of the, the the brands are similar and I don't want you to think that but I'm not trying to make the case for the fact that you know Aston Martin and, and Corvette are the same in that respect in terms of heritage or, or anything else but I get the same sort of feeling driving this car in America as I did driving an Aston Martin in the UK with a lot of expensive sports cars people would look at you and either not be bothered or they would be envious of you and perhaps give you a hard time for driving it now in a vet, in the States that doesn't happen much the same as an Aston Martin people will always want to talk to you about it when you park it up well the Corvette is exactly the same everybody wants to know the story of the car everybody wants to tell you that somebody down their street or their father, brother or cousin had one some years ago. Have they really changed? Are they really as good as everybody says they are? And the answer is yes, actually they are. And it just makes you feel good. It gives you a a real sense of purpose and a sense of, well, I've arrived when you turn up in a bright red one, certainly. And you know, there's something to be said for the fact that pretty much everyone has been so courteous to us on the road when we've been driving this Corvette. And that, you know, might well be worth the price of Corvette ownership on its own. Even some normally rather snooty owners of cars, I'm not going to mention the brand, but who are renowned for being, shall we say, Um, less than courteous on the road, have made sure that we have had the lane we needed and the space we needed to make our manoeuvres when we've been in this corvette. And certainly, it has provided a talking point for anyone that we've talked about, that we've pulled up and talked to, rather, whilst we've had the car. Of course, the problem is for the UK is that the steering wheel is on the wrong side and that's never going to change because at Bowling Green, Kentucky, as many of these cars as they shell out, they sell and there's no real need for them to do anything else. However, GM tell us that Corvette and Camaro and some of their other sports cars are due for proper release in the UK, something that we haven't seen For quite some time and certainly if you were to be living in continental Europe then this car priced at the right level and there's the key point would be something that you could not only live with but enjoy and use on a daily basis. An American legend? Well I'm prepared to say absolutely yes and we've lived with it for a couple of weeks and it's about as easy to live with as mum's apple pie. But my goodness me, when you want to have some fun with this, then you better be ready for everything that this Corvette Grand Sport can put out. The 2011 Corvette Grand Sport then, 6.3 litres, V8, bright red paintwork and chrome wheels. <sighs> Thank goodness for the red light and blend. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, go to www.radiolemon.com. Radio Show Limited. We talk to the world.